Hi, I'm Chris Damaris. And I'm Aaron Marquis, and you're listening to Bite. Bite. Yum. Hey there, how's it going, everybody? That's right, if you can hear my voice, it is another magical episode of the Coven Podcast, where we talk about all things geek and all things girl, and where those two things intersect. And it's October, it's almost Halloween, so naturally, this is going to be our super spooky, scary episode where we talk about horror films, specifically women in horror films. And as you'll probably notice if you've watched a horror film lately, women get the short end of the stick in horror films oftentimes. Usually the stick is very sharp and they get stabbed with it. Uh, so that happens and we'll all, discuss all the like, stabbing. yeah, all the stabbing. <laughs> uh, we'll talk about stabbing and uh, various other things that happen to women in horror films on this and uh, other kinds magical of stabbing episode. That happens other, yeah, in that horror too. Films. <laughs> that too, definitely. Good way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> Good way to put it, yeah. A G-rated so, way. Yeah. <laughs> um, I am your host, Daily Wilhelm. Joining me today is the wonderful... Cora Wilson, your lovely druid of decibels, and um, I'm just super excited. I've always been interested in horror, uh, paranormal horror as well, but um, I also really like the slashers, and uh, horror video games are my go-to every single day. Yeah, and uh, for her first time on a Bite podcast, we have the lovely... I'm Sarah James. I don't have a nickname yet, but I'm working on it. Um, we'll, find I, we'll, we'll find it. We'll find it. We'll find it That spiritual journey. Um, I'm currently kind of in the middle of a horror movie marathon for the month of October where I've tried almost every day to watch a different horror film. So currently I'm actually like 40 minutes into Insidious. Um, How is so. that? I've never seen it. I'm not scared at all. I know some people <laughs> who got nightmares from this film, but I... As of right now, I'm not scared. Of I mean, I love paranormal so. horror. I think it's, I yeah. think it's actually humorous and fun to watch. Because oh yeah, oh yeah. I, it's like it's scary. Like it's the only thing that can scare me. But it's so fun to watch. Mm-hmm. So it's I have I haven't reached slasher films yet. Those are towards the end of the month. But I've watched a, a handful of what I think are classic horror movies. Yeah. Um, for the month of October, so it's a lot of fun. Yeah, and that's what we're talking about tonight, guys. Horror movies. Scary but, stuff, uh, scary stuff. Scary stuff, scary stuff. Ding! But uh, <laughs> <laughs> there, there's a video you should look up if you haven't seen it of what we're <laughs> referring to. But uh, first we'll get into, so of course with Halloween comes Halloween costumes. And uh, there are very specific costumes marketed strictly to women. And it's, you can be this... Uh, whatever it is, but before that, it has to be sexy. It's sexy mm-hmm. cat, sexy witch, sexy corn. That is a costume. That is a legitimate costume. You could be sexy Bert and Ernie. No, it's like the <laughs> oh my gosh, the Mean Girls quote of every Halloween is just like you dress up in lingerie and have an an like set of animal ears on your it's, head, it's and you're a only, sexy bunny. It's or like only, it's, uh, it's like no, I'm the a only mouse. time the girls can can dress, dress like, like sluts and, and get away with it. Yeah, yeah. 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 You could be sexy Yoda for, Why? All, you, for all you Star Why Wars you fans. Be... Or Pinocchio if you're a Disney fan. Um... For me, the biggest problem, the most practical problem with sexy Halloween costumes is October 31st. If you live in the Midwest, it's, it's always cold. cold. And rainy. Always. I wore like... Like, there was a year that I dressed up as, like, Jasmine for Halloween or something, uh-huh. and that's, I wore, like, a shirt, a full-blown long sleeve shirt underneath that, like, two-piece outfit, because it gets cold. 
So it I don't does. understand people walking around in like leotards thinking it's okay. Yeah. I'm it's, like, it's how are you not struggle. freezing? Like you want to dress up at something, but then it's like, it's going to be cold though. And it's like, I vote to move Halloween in maybe like the middle of the summer. Like have a bonus Halloween where everyone Extra can, Halloween? like a summer ween that we can all dress up. Summer ween. Yeah. I'm from down. Gravity Falls as where we can <laughs> dress up as what we want to. But so I'm all for anyone dressing up for as whatever they want to do. If they really want to be sexy Bert and Ernie, go for it. I'm not going to judge that. But what I am going to judge is the industry as a whole being like, I'm going to offer this costume, but only in a way that is very revealing in general. Like, like there's no exact Bert and Ernie costume. It's sexy Bert and Ernie. Mm-hmm. Like um, there's like, you know, costumes for Star Wars and everything and um, like there's Chewbacca and it's like, do you really think I want to go as a sexy Chewbacca? It's Chewbacca. He's a big fur man. Yeah. Or if they like took the character of Rey and it's like instead of dressing as Rey, you're like a sexy version of Rey. But I'm like, that defeats the whole purpose of the character yeah. and who she is and why she's this amazing female character, especially for young girls to look up to. And so I think that kind of goes for almost any sexy Halloween costume. It's like if you see as a young child. What is what kind of impact does that have as like the only thing you can grow up to be to pretend to be is something is a sexy is something sexy yeah yeah Yeah, there's no just like you can't just just be a normal witch yeah you gotta be it has to be a sexy sexy witch with like you know huge stilettos and this really weird tiny broom yeah right (laughs) with your boobs falling out yeah it's like what what are the expectations Mm -hmm. that we're setting up for younger children and I think it's important in general to have like really strong female characters like Rey so that little girls have more of an option at Halloween than just like I'm going to be a princess I'm going to be a fairy there's I'm like a very a short queen list or yeah. something mm-hmm. like I don't know I feel like when you look at little girls costumes it's all the stereotypical things of oh there's a witch and then you know a princess and a fairy and but like even when I was a kid, like, I was so many different kinds of costumes. Like, you know, I was younger and the times were different. But I remember at one point, you know, I was a geisha. I was um, a unicorn one year. I was a fairy. I think I went as Zora one year, too. Nice. But, nice. like, um, growing up, I never, like, saw all the sexy stuff. But as you get older, you notice how, like, it's literally everywhere. Like, almost yeah. nearly every single women woman's costume or like teen girl costume has the word sexy in front of it yeah i think i've i've even going to walmart i think i saw one or two where it wasn't sexy yeah it's hard and another thing uh you brought up mean girls sarah mm-hmm. is that uh katie and mean girls dressed up as something like actually scary and everyone was like oh my gosh what are you doing it's like you can't dress up as like something scary you can't when like, that like is something that I would much rather do personally because I'm obsessed with SFX makeup and I yeah. like I dabble in the special effects makeup department every now and then and like I would rather put that to the test and like do some weird creepy zombie creature but if I walked around like that on Halloween as a college student everyone would think that I would be outside of the norm for sure that or like if I want to be like you know an animal or anything I'm just gonna attach a tail and ears and wear regular clothing like yeah I don't I don't need to show my stomach and everything and my butt but according to the market that's what people obviously want to buy into and I mean well the market's wrong the market's wrong (laughs) 
We don't need sexy Burton Ernie. I don't know why that. I'm I don't, still that kind of disturbs me. Yeah, to be I I I was looking at like sexy costumes and I I saw a sexy Burton Ernie and I didn't yeah. understand who was that created for. Like who was like oh you know what we haven't covered <laughs> Sesame Street characters. Because Let's do this. What what person looks at their childhood? with Sesame Street and gets turned on. Or How like, is that? Or like, I don't mm, understand. Olaf from, you know, the right? Frozen or Nemo. Oh, like, gosh. why would you want to be, or why Tabasco do bottle? Why do you want to like... be a sexy Tabasco bottle? No. Who looks at a understand. bottle of Tabasco and is like, mmm, Tabasco. But if you're wearing <laughs> it, it has to be sexy. That's the requirement, guys. <laughs> okay. And you have to wear heels and stockings. That's a thing. Oh, yeah. Requirement. 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 But uh, something that I like to think of as a requirement is for your costume, I don't care what you're wearing, once again, as long as it's not being culturally appropriative. Yeah. Like, there's, you know, like, sexy native princess. It's never native either. It's always Indian princess. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Or, like, Indian war chief or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's just some white dude with uh, war paint on his face and a headdress. And mm-hmm. it's like... These people are real. Like, are can you make a you know race of people into a costume? No, (laughs) it's it's and especially what we've done to the native population. Oh yeah, yeah. To to just like turn around and then make fun of the fact, and I think people don't really pay attention to cultural appropriation nowadays. Like we're aware of it, but we don't really like look into it as much like I remember being younger like a teenager I thought you know well I don't understand why people are offended by me being a gay show when I was younger me yeah. wanting to be a Native oh, yeah. American I dressed up, up as an Indian yeah on multiple Halloweens because I think people confuse love of culture for appropriating that culture yeah because I, I love Native American culture I love mm-hmm. G- uh, geisha culture like I love reading and learning about it but there's a difference between Really, really loving it and wanting to show your love for it and then appropriating it. Yeah. And it's it's a it's a fine line. But I think when like these industries uh, like the costume industry advertises something as like sexy native princess. And like I'm pretty sure there's a video somewhere of like uh people showing like actual native americans yeah. the costumes and they're probably like, a buzzfeed this video is, yeah it's a buzzfeed video it's like the <laughs> clash of like well this design would be associated with this tribe but mm-hmm. it's also like this part of it is also associated with this tribe it's like there's no <laughs> research put behind that and it's then just also like, there's a lot of racial stereotypes as well with these costumes right like, um like i know that there's like uh, some mexican costumes too that you know they have the big mustache and a huge sombrero and like a weird like basically just a blanket yeah and they're like wearing like riding this little donkey type thing those costumes exist and i'm just i'm confused by them not all of mexico is a big mustached guy riding a burrow yeah (laughs) that's just what you'll run into it's just all there mexico every single person every single person no one gets off the donkey no, they, that's, it's they, a way of life. Ever. There's You're no born houses. on the donkey, you die on the donkey. <laughs> <laughs> There's no houses. Everyone has a mustache. Everyone goes eat, that. All they eat is tacos. Right. Apparently, that's, according that's, to this market. <laughs> yeah. Right. What these costumes translate into, obviously. So I hope everyone has a culturally sensitive Halloween. I hope so. Um, what, are, what are you guys going to be for Halloween? Do you guys know? I do. I'm going to um, be super creative and just be a fox. 
because I already have a tail. There you go. I don't think my ears are gonna come in time, so I'm just Aww. gonna I'm just gonna do the nose and whatever and go as a a fox. Yeah, that's safe. That's safe. <laughs> it's that's super a good safe. One. What about and you, Sarah? Oh, I get sorry. to be warm. Right. Yeah, that's the most important that thing. That really it has to come into consideration for mm-hmm. sure. Because it snowed one Halloween, and I'm not having it. Yeah, that was like two years ago. It was awful. Uh, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, what are, what nice. are you going to be, sir? I'm going as a fan of Rocky Horror Picture Show because on Halloween I'm going to see Ball State Shadowcast Ooh, of yes. the show. So I'll be dressing for the weather and probably wearing the equivalent watch? of drag makeup because I can. <laughs> yeah. And going to be watching that. So. Did anyone watch uh, the remake, Rocky Horror? Last night? I did. I did. Was it good? I I appreciated it for what it was. Um, it, you can it, never it pays homage to the original very mm-hmm. well. I liked Laverne Cox as Frankenfurter. I know some people are going to hate on her, but I liked her. Um, Adam Lambert as Eddie is probably my favorite part of the entire thing, but I'm, oh, wow. I love Adam I didn't Adam even Lambert. realize that. Yeah. yeah. Amazing casting choice. And having Tim Curry in the remake I mean, just made of course, it that much better. Because like, this was his first acting role that he's had since, since his stroke. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's a moment towards the end where he started to sing and I almost cried because I was like, look at Tim Curry. You go, Curry. And I think people just, it's its sort of like with the old slasher films um, like that came out in like the 70s and the 80s. Mm-hmm. Like, like a remake like graphically and like, you know, you know, time-wise would probably be really good, but they're, 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 yeah, stuttering. There are still people who really um, appreciate the original, so I think that's what's going to happen with Rocky Horror mm-hmm. and any type of horror yeah, genre. Yeah, there's always going to be uh, oh, yeah. the purists, oh, yes. as it were. I mean, yeah. that happened with Ghostbusters. Like, oh, yeah. That's, Hollywood is really into remakes now, yeah. and so you're always going to have, like, don't touch have my people precious who are like, childhood. Yeah. Especially if yeah. it's been like 30 or 40 years. They're like, mm-hmm. hey, why don't we make a remake that looks nice on screen? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, <laughs> in you 1080p. already have the right? source material there. It's mm-hmm. got to be much easier than making a whole new concept and knowing that there's already a market for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, But um, I'm going to be a hipster version of Sally from Nightmare Before Christmas. Yes, I love Wait, Nightmare Before Christmas. A, a hipster version? Yeah, uh, basically, so I can justify myself being lazy with it, I'm going to like just uh spray paint like the tips of my hair red and like do uh, some of like the uh makeup for like all the stitches mm-hmm. and then just the dress mm-hmm. uh and then my boyfriend's going to be jack and we're gonna like uh, spray paint his hair white and we're gonna give out candies to the kids that's the Halloween so plan. cute yeah. i love nightmare before christmas oh, me yeah. too so anything Almost, almost anything Tim Burton I love. So yes. Tim, there are a so handful of Tim Nightmare Burton Before Christmas. Like, mm. This has been a debate amongst me and many of my peers for many years. Halloween movie or Christmas movie? Both. I say both. Some <laughs> people are very much like only Halloween. You never watch Nightmare Before Christmas around Christmas time. But for me, the months of October, November, and December, I can watch that movie and not feel guilty about it at all. I can watch it in like january and i mean March. same i can watch it in like july <laughs> and be okay with it but and just saying this is halloween yes it is yeah as soon as like october started it was like that it was song halloween was in yeah. my head this is oh, halloween it's, it's time the panic at the disco cover oh that version. gosh yeah. lovely <laughs> lovely yeah. so obviously nightmare for christmas doesn't really take advantage of women necessarily throughout its narrative in mm-hmm. like really accentuating like Sally's body at any one point except for when it's like literally pulled apart to be used for part of the plot oh yeah uh, yeah. 
But, but even then, it's like her arm and her leg, and yeah, which is but she fun. she also like does that to herself as like she's being crafty. Yeah, the way that she can like pull. Mm-hmm. Her yeah, body she owns that. Yeah, versus uh, what Sally. we see. <laughs> versus uh, what we see in a lot of horror films, where it's just like. Oh, she happens to be wearing a tank top, and now she has to run mm-hmm. and before getting stabbed. Oh, and she doesn't have a bra on. Oh. Because oh. that, that's what happens every day, <laughs> at least once. Get caught in the middle of not having a bra on, and you're mm-hmm. going to be chased by a killer at some point. So I think a lot of horror movies that are kind of more considered trashy are very guilty of just over-sexualizing the women they're in the movie. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like... I'm thinking, like, Sorority Row, which just, they're in, like, all lingerie at one point during the narrative, I think, because that's what sorority girls do. They get together, and they they look at each other in their lingerie. Yeah, naturally. Because Um, they're all blonde, and they're all dumb, apparently. Everyone in a sorority, obviously. This is what we've been taught. This is what we've been (laughs) taught by movies. Um, Like, Piranha 3 Double D is a movie. What? Uh, that was on the the screen rant list. Yeah. That I did a quick Google search before this of just like sex and horror movies into Google, and the second option was a screen rant article of fifteen sexiest horror films. And I was like, why does this exist? And that the Piranha <laughs> one was on the list, and I was like, what is this? Yeah, obviously we know what the double D is trying to denote, but also there's man eating fish involved here. Somehow those two things coincide very naturally in a narrative. Um, man eating fish. Well, no, never mind. I tried to connect it. Like, oh, no. well, it's man eating fish, and, and well, is... no, then that would woman imply... eating fish. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we tried. We tried. They tried. They didn't try very hard though no. in that movie. Definitely. So we we know the stereotype that uh, in movies the women therein are going to be hypersexualized. And it's the women that are hypersexualized that are probably going to die first. And it's usually mm-hmm. right after they've um, had sex. And you can usually tell they're the same trope. They're always blonde, very curvy, but like thin curvy, not mm-hmm. like, you know, yeah. <laughs> woman curvy, like yay curvy. Um, they always have really, really big boobs and they like are kind of dumb. Yeah, they're, they're going to get got. You know, in the beginning yeah. of the movie, you're like, oh... That's the one. She's going to get got pretty soon here. <laughs> she's going to get and got. She's going to get got. <laughs> and uh, we, we know that because she's a sexual character. Mm-hmm. So we have, like, the usual stereotypes of, like, there's the sexy couple. They're probably going to go off in the woods somewhere and try to make out and then get killed by the killer, obviously. There's, like, the comedian who, at some point, the joke's going to fall flat and he's going to get stabbed. Mm-hmm. Uh, the nerd usually makes it pretty far. Yeah. We've seen for the sure. The nerd and the virgin. The nerd and the virgin. It's Who are sometimes the same person. Yeah. yeah. Often, or or often if, the they're, if they're separate, they end up together. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I never understand like, oh, well, I'm a virgin and, and you're smart. And... Or it's like the last two people standing. Obviously, yeah. it's like they faced all this trauma. So they fall in love with each other. Yeah. Why is that a thing? Like, yeah. We bonded over our friends getting killed. Let's right? do it. That's the natural progression of thought, obviously, <laughs> if I were put in that situation. No, no, never. 
Oh my gosh. Uh, the authority figure never makes it very far. No. Uh, the, anyone True. who's True. actually competent in what's going on, of course they're going to be taken out first. Although I've noticed that like with like the sexy couple trope or like, you know, the sexy girl and then like, oh, it's normally a jock, the person or like a mm-hmm. like class president type trope. Yeah. They usually Someone make popular. it pretty far for some reason. Yeah. Like they make it like. The girl dies, but the guy doesn't. Yeah. And he's like, oh my God, Jessica, no. I'm going to avenge you. I'm, yeah, I'm going to avenge you and 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 do all this and then i get like either he like helps kill the killer with like the nerd girl or like the nerd guy or whatever yeah or he like tries to valiantly like avenge her and then gets stabbed yeah it's all very you know what's going to happen as soon as you're introduced to your cast of characters you can put them into these neat little boxes mm-hmm. and know where their story is going to wind up before the movie's over and if your parents tell you not to go up to like the cabin or like the lake house or oh parents don't know tell your parents probably tell your parents tell we your parents that. where you're going we learn a right. lot of lessons from horror <laughs> at least movies. have someone who's not there know that you're there yeah because when you don't come back <laughs> Someone mm. needs to notice. And, yeah. like, go somewhere with cell service. Like, yeah, that too. Right? Like, the convenient lack of cell service. Mm-hmm. There's that definite trope. Or, like, it just so happens that it's the weekend that everyone in the area is gone. So yeah. we're going to be alone. We can drink beer and My party. parents are out of town, guys. Let's come over. Let's go to the lake house that no one's been to in 15 Four years, years right. before, <laughs> you know, after the accident. <laughs> <laughs> that's it any slasher film ever (laughs) yeah yeah literally so and there's the one trope that is kind of like the saddest of all because we know exactly what's going to happen Mm -hmm. to this person it's the black guy always dies oh yeah usually first usually first the trope is that the black guy dies first i can't think of a film where the black guy hasn't i actually um both Night of the Living Dead and Dawn of the Dead, the original Dawn of the Dead, the two first Romero zombie films. The main character in Night of the Living Dead is a black guy, which I didn't. I walked into those movies knowing they're about zombies and that's it. Yeah. Um, but I watched them earlier this month. And the main character of Night of the Living Dead is a black guy, but they don't bring up his race at all, which is really interesting. Especially for a movie that old. It's a movie that came out in the 60s, I think. Oh, yeah. Really? Which. I thought, I was like, this is amazing. And uh, spoiler alert, he does end up dying, but he's the last one to survive, which I thought was really cool. And then the same thing with Dawn of the Dead, which I think came out in the 70s. Um, The last two characters to survive are the black guy and the girl. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So that's, but that came kind of before the late 70s into early 80s slasher film, which is kind of what defined these tropes. Yeah. Right. Um. But yeah, those are two two films right there. They're not too bad. I mean, the effects are what they yeah, are. They but are but for some are. reason, like I just I never understood why you always had to kill like the token black guy in the film. So like, all right, he has the the ten minutes that we needed. Yeah, it's Spies. diversity. No diversity. Yeah, that's what <laughs> just I kidding. feel like it is. It's like checking off the uh, box on like we we have a minority in this movie somewhere. And okay, whatever happens to them happens to them. We just need a C to pass. We, That's yeah, all. We, it's it's just like being pretty lazy about it. Um, and the way the reason why I found this is uh, most uh, articles point to that, especially for horror movies, filmmakers are writing for white audiences primarily, hmm. so they don't feel like it's uh, imperative to include. Uh, minorities or to keep the black guy alive for more than two scenes. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you notice there's no, like, representations of, like, Asian people either in horror movies. Asian or Latinos. Like, yeah. that's not... It's... Like, luckily on the Asian side, there's, like, Japanese-made horror movies, which are Are usually very... scarier. Yeah, they are. They very they much influence Western yeah. movies. Like, like uh, the is The Ring Japanese? The Ring was originally Ringu. Um, yeah. yeah. And then the Grudge the one... was my first horror yeah, the film. Grudge. It yeah. scared me to death at, like, age 12 I won't when watch I it. it. I, I won't. It's creepy. I'm going to look in the shadows yeah. in my house and just be like, oh, no. Because it holds <laughs> up. It definitely yeah. is a movie mm-hmm. that continues to be scary. Or like Shudder uh, took place in Japan. That was Shudder. one of the scariest horror movies that I watched. I can't remember. It was like Shudder. every time a if... picture was taken, you could see her. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, I heard about that one. That's, yeah. I haven't seen it. But for someone yeah. who loves to take photos, that's really creepy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Especially it was uh, a film that was made kind of prior to the selfie, oh. so it would be really interesting to see another. Maybe not necessarily a remake, but like a spiritual sequel to yeah. Spirit. Get uh-huh. it? Ghosts. <laughs> Ghosties. Like a spiritual sequel to Shudder involving Boom. selfies. Because we have like Unfriended, which is very much kind of like a millennial a modern, yeah. uh, I feel like movie. that really um, helped move horror films into more of the point of view sort of horror and the like, mo- like not like realistic horror but involving technology because yeah. like, there's there's a lot of things that like you know, it's creepy it's like we could fix this instantly if we google it but <laughs> we have to have a reason to not mm-hmm. google this like our phones don't work yeah we're in the middle of nowhere it's it's getting harder for especially slasher films to survive uh mm-hmm. just how much we're able to protect ourselves from yeah, deranged killers um that's why i was like you know don't go anywhere without cell service because it's like okay well you don't have cell service you're, you're kind of yeah, you're out of luck um, yeah. nowadays because everyone has cell phones, everyone has internet, and you know there's data towers everywhere too. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that slasher has to get real creative. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. real creative. He's real gotta creative. be smart. not be able to contact anyone. Mm-hmm. He's gonna be smarter than those kids at least. And usually the kids are very dumb, mm-hmm. and that's like uh, very much parodied in like Cabin in the Woods, oh, which talks about like. We literally have, like, slightly drugged you guys to be dumber and more uh, likely to engage in sexual activity than normal. Yeah. Because that's just kind of the requirement for characters in these films. I hate Cabin in the Woods. Oh, my gosh. Okay. I, I hate it so bad. I think Cabin in the Woods is clever because it's it's so self-aware. And I love self-awareness in films where it's, like, the narrative of Cabin in the Woods is, like, Okay, there's this group of people making dumb decisions, but it's all orchestrated. Yeah. Which is I think one of the coolest things about it because it's like it's not it's just playing on tropes on playing on tropes. And it's the, the fact that within the narrative it's constructed instead of like just outside of the narrative it's yeah. constructive. I don't know. It's meta. It's I self-aware. Just, I, I like it. I just hated like the overarching trope of just like, oh, if we don't kill these people every year, this huge demon's gonna come and yeah. end the world. I was yeah. like, that is stupid. That kind of came out of nowhere. That is but... so stupid, Sigourney Weaver. That was Sigourney <laughs> Weaver, right? I think it was it. I think it was Sigourney I don't know, Weaver. I haven't seen it in a while. Who? It's interesting it? because uh, Sigourney, Be- Sigourney Weaver is like the epitome of the final girl trope. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, especially in Alien, which we don't usually kind of classify as a horror film as much as just, like, a horror sci-fi. But uh, she's a really good... The Alien is still pretty horrifying. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, There's a sidebar, but it's completely related. I went on Snapchat earlier today, and there's an Alien 
filter on Snapchat where it's like a face hugger oh. appears on your face. Oh. It's like you open your mouth and it's like face hugger and then it kind of shifts and then you're a xenomorph. And I was like, what the heck is this? That's neat. <laughs> I, was, I was like, that's cool, but I okay. Mean, we are confirmed for another alien movie whoop, whoop, um, with yeah. Signori- I can't say her Sigour- name. Sigourney, 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 Weaver. Sigourney Weaver. Soon enough. Mm. Soon enough we'll have that. But uh, she, yeah, she's the kind of epitome of the final girl. And the final girl trope itself is that uh, nerdy girl or the virginial girl. Mm -hmm. And she survives everything. And she's the last person. And usually in slasher films, she's the one that winds up uh, killing the killer. Yeah. Like uh, with like the final girl trope, a lot of tropes within that one is that um, like the popular girl was dragged along more for a joke. Like like they're dragging her along to like play pranks on her, or, like yeah, n- like oh, make yeah. her seem like she's one of them, but she's really she's always not. the one that never wanted to be there. Yeah, yeah. she's like, like, guys, I really don't want to be here, and they're like, oh, shut up, Chelsea, whatever your name is, like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like you need, you need to be here. I know they're never named Chelsea. It's like Brittany or Jessica or Ashley. Yeah. It's oh, always yeah. the most generic names possible. Or Sam. Yeah. It's always Sam. Yeah. That There's was always a Sam in a okay. horror movie. Yeah. Oh my gosh. No, that was something that was specifically pointed out in uh, Carol J. Clover's article, uh, Men, Women, and Chainsaws uh, Gender in Modern Horror Films, which I was a really title. good read. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Is that the final girl usually has a unisex name. Like uh, in uh, Scream, we have, uh, or not Scream, Scream's not a good example. There was like Sydney Prescott. Uh, oh gosh, I don't have the examples of where they have the unisex names, but usually they wind up, yes, having unisex names. Because like they. Sam or Alex or Riley. Yeah, because or... they're going beyond uh, mm-hmm. what's strictly kind of defined as feminine in mm-hmm. horror movies, in and which, like, oh, you're screaming and running away. And it's like, no. You're, you stop screaming, you turn around, and you stab the killer. Or, yeah. like, you grab a pipe or something, and you whack him upside the head. And usually they're not hyper-sexualized, like, femi- like feminine-wise, to um, be that character. But they're not so masculine as to not be a female character. Right. I mean, that even happens in in video games like the first thing that came to mind for me was the game Until Dawn oh yeah. my god I love that I'm game I'm pretty sure cause like you can have multiple characters survive but I'm oh, pretty yes. sure the one character who like almost always survives is Sam yeah right uh, Sam. 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 Sam, Sam the by, blonde one. Uh, yeah. By yeah. Hayden Panettiere. Yeah. yeah. She, Isn't I, she the one that like regardless will always walk out of I believe I'm pretty so. sure. Yeah. I, I, uh, there's, you know, it's a butterfly effect game, so you mm-hmm. can do anything you want with these characters. And I don't really think at some, like, you know, spoilers, you know, there are points in the game where I think she gets captured by the, the, the psycho killer. Mm-hmm. Um, she spends most of the game in a bath, though. And then right. she gets with a yeah. magic towel that doesn't fall down. <laughs> that never she's falls running down. around. She's like house. not holding it up. It's just right. there. She's like crawling through like, vents. Your and the skills are beautiful. That's Sam. amazing. But, but I'm like, pretty sure, like, the very end when the spoilers, if people haven't played the game or haven't watched Let's Plays of it, which is what I do, um, at the very end when the Wendigos are like in the yeah. house and she yeah. has the opportunity to like blow up the house, killing everyone inside. Like she's still the wait, one that walks away from that. I wait, think. there's there's one instance where she can get killed at the very very end, and it it's been pissing people off. I remembered because I accidentally killed her uh, when I played it for like <laughs> the first time. Um, there's one instance where one of the Wendigos, um, I believe it was uh, Emily or one the the girl, the that, s- yeah, the sister, sister yeah. yeah. Um, 
happens to mistake her for a Wendigo and gets her and breaks her neck. And then okay. and then the jock guy, whatever his name is, I forget. He's not yeah. important. Uh, he blows up the house. Yeah. But that's like the that's, only yeah. instance. It's right before the game ends. Literally, the first to last decision of the game is where she can get killed. Potential and it's guy. it's like okay. a movement. Like yeah. you have to keep you have Gosh, to keep it still. Those controls messed with me so bad. They did. I the, didn't play it. I watched it. Of, it's like but just, like just I got so mad move. once and I don't just move. like I just set it on the ground and then I set it on the ground and I think it was a a glitch or a bug, but I set it on the ground, it wasn't moving and it said, Oh, you like jerked to the left, she's dead. There now. was a slight <laughs> earthquake in that moment <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that just messed with you. Character is dead. <laughs> and I, I I I was so mad, I threw it, I oh God. Because I love Sam as a character. Right? She And it's a very fascinating video yeah. game and yeah. she she really embodied like i think she she seemed like the only sensible girl in that game right like she was just kind of like well y'all are messing with the spirit board i'm gonna go take a bath and yeah. not be a part of this mm-hmm. because and listen to classical music <laughs> and i'm not gonna remember all the names is it emily the is it emily emily the Asian one? emily's the uh, yes. the Asian one yeah. and then because there's... they make her to be shrill and annoying right off the bat but they so still make her they die. still make her very very smart she's like oh, oh I have a 4.0 and... yeah I think the majority of the characters are made to be out as pretty intelligent except for um the, the blonde Jessica? the blonde Jessica mm-hmm. and then um the main Mike, jock guy. Mike. Mike yeah Mike. I remember just being like yeah. Mike I yeah. hate you and then Mike. they had the token <laughs> black guy like yeah, Jordan, jo- Joe, Jordan, Joe, George, Jordan. It wasn't George. It's a, I don't know. It, it, we're getting near there, though. I feel <laughs> I it. We'll remember it. Like, well, he way dated. Later on. He yeah, dates the Asian but, girl because yeah. the Asian Jordan. girl doesn't date Mike anymore. And like that's the thing too. Is oh, that, well, it's all love triangles yeah. connected. It's like this group of friends that have all dated each other. And I'm like, how are you all still friends? Yeah, okay. yeah. Like, how are and then you, Josh? Poor Josh. How, yeah, how are you friends when and why are you? And like, I like how Sam is the only one who is really questioning. Like, why are we going back to this place? Yeah, she, yeah. She's the most resistant to the entire thing, and she definitely fits in like the final girl trope in being mm-hmm. like the only sensible one. That's yeah. like, I'm not gonna mess with the spirit board. I'm gonna go do <laughs> something else. Um, and those final girls are final girls because they are the last ones to survive. Why do you think that we always have a girl being the last one alive? Because there's a really interesting point uh, made by uh, Carol J. Clover in Men, Women, and Chainsaws. Mm -hmm. I love that title so much. Mm -hmm. Um, Clover argues that for a film to be successful, it is necessary for this surviving character to be female because she must experience abject terror. And many viewers would reject a film that showed abject terror on the part of a male. The terror has a purpose in that the female, if she survives, is purged of undesirable characteristics such as relentless pursuit of personal pleasure, like those who have been around her and hmm. just doing that the whole movie or game. Also, I think with our current social ideas of what masculinity and femininity is, it's more accepted for a girl to be emotional and terrified than for a man. Like, if a man you know, was terrified and crying and, and was purged of undesirable yeah. things. <laughs> quote, like, yeah. Yeah. Quote, quote. Um, we, I feel like the audience wouldn't accept it. They'd be like, you know, well, why didn't he act like a man and just like turn around oh, yeah. and attack the guy? Like, why yeah. is he running? We're like, not going to like watch sequences of some guy like hiding behind a wall and like sniveling, crying. Yeah. And we're going to be like, no. But then if we have the opposite and him being quote unquote masculine 
and just facing it, then it, that's boring. That's yeah. like not realistic. There's not always going to be that guy who's like, I'm going to fight the ghost or Wendigo or whatever there is yeah. behind mm-hmm. this wall. It's just like, that's not a good movie. That's not good. So. I also think like the reason that that your last character standing is almost always like this female smart virgin is because that's the ideal that our society most wants to protect mm-hmm. whereas like the you know the sexually promiscuous characters or the not as intelligent characters or even the comic relief characters like those traits can can go yeah. at the at the bare minimum but the one thing that can't leave this society that can't leave this character is the the innocence and purity and like we yeah. have to protect that at all cost and that's the reason the virgin survives because like all the characters who end up having sex in films like they die because it's almost punishment. Yeah. It's like, this is a bad thing you did. And because you did the bad thing, then the killer's going to get yeah. you. And Especially- I can't remember the particular film. I believe it came out this past year. I, I can't remember the the name of it. I saw a trailer or two for it. But these kids go to this cabin, of course. Of course. And <laughs> um, they're in this town. And, uh, you know, they're all friends or they're all dating or something. And two of them get together and like one starts bleeding and like has these sores and like they basically start this weird like blood infection horror thing of of these like people yeah it's this really like it's 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 a pretty gory looking like horror like yeah it's it's super weird and i can't I, i feel so bad for not recalling the name of it but like Literally, most of the trailer was them going to the cabin and like getting in the lake and like, oh, we're gonna have so much fun. And then, like three minutes into this trailer, like these these teens have sex and then she screams because oh my god, blood and sores and hen. Yeah, every like the town wants to kill them and isolate them, and it's really it's like hmm, almost a weird. direct punishment for having sex. Oh yes. yeah. Because that's always when someone's going to get attacked is when... Because it's they're like, vulnerable. Yeah. yeah. Because sex makes, just like in real life, makes you a vulnerable person because it's an intimate moment. Mm-hmm. And so, like, that's that's the opportune moment for yeah. some crazy killer to come in and destroy someone because everyone accepts that as being vulnerable. Yeah. And it's kind of like the symbolism, especially in slasher films, like Scream which very much parodies slasher films Mm -hmm. in like it's a knife so they're going to get stabbed and like it's kind of like one of the things that Carol J. Clover argued is that like it's always like a phallic thing like they're getting Mm, uh, like you had sex a wit and now you're going to get stabbed do you see like the juxtaposition it's the parallel yeah so there's always something like drug or uh alcohol related before the sex or before they start really getting killed there's there's always yeah it's like we're having the party yeah yeah we're having a party on the beach what could go wrong let's go party in this cabin on you know like that's how we Mm -hmm. start until dawn is that yeah uh, the whole thing happened because like everyone was like really drunk and had a terrible idea of a prank yeah, which is super and unfair. She runs out in the snow, and then, and then I like how later on in the game, one of them is like, "Well, it wasn't our fault. She ran out in the snowstorm." Well, yeah, it yeah, but was. you did kind of yeah. traumatize her, and you so. didn't really go after her, so you're yeah. you're awful people. So like, <laughs> they're all awful people, yeah. except Sam. 
Yeah. Except Sam. I love Sam. And Josh kind of gets gets a pass because he's obviously not okay. Yeah, he's yeah, obviously he's, not mentally okay. He's not okay. well. Yeah. No. He's unwell. He's unwell. Poor he, Josh. And he didn't actually kill anyone. No. Yeah. He pretended to, but he didn't actually kill yeah. anyone. Yeah. He so. didn't know that his sisters became Became Wendigos. monsters. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. Then, and then secret ending, he becomes the monster. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is this is a not spoiler-free podcast. So Sweet. Uh, because I love Until Dawn. <laughs> yeah. No. Until I, Dawn is my bae. Really great. But so obviously we have, you know, the Virgin character. Uh, Virgin, like, reads as not deserving of death ever. Um, sometimes we get these great movies that do the opposite and uh, say that, no, you can have sex and still survive the horror, which I think... The entirety of Buffy is kind of mm-hmm. uh, turning around of that because uh, although Buffy fulfills the monster killing role of the final girl, uh, she is the opposite of Clover's description of a final girl in many ways because Buffy is a cheerleader. She's a beautiful blonde with a uh, feminine first name and gets to have sex with boys and still kill the monster. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I feel like that's a more realistic view on, like, if something were to happen that's, like, supernatural or, like, a crazy killer. It's like, there's not, no one's going to be singled out for having sex or not having right. sex. <laughs> it's like, these things just happen. Um, so I think that really reveals uh, filmmakers and writers when they're like, oh, this person's going to have sex at some point. And it's like, obviously, the next step then is that they get killed. Because that's what happens if you have sex. You're going to get killed. So don't have sex, apparently, if you're going right. to be in a horror movie. Yeah. How to and survive kind of, a horror movie. Kind of on the opposite spectrum of that, but still in the realm of television, is the show Supernatural. Because, yeah. like, Sam and Dean have had their fair share of sex throughout, oh, yeah. and every throughout single now girl, 12 seasons. Every single girl they have sex with dies. dies. That yeah. was a common thing within or the get, first, or, or within the first couple seasons where it was like... Oh, here comes you know this person, this girl, and like, duh, usually, like, usually for Sam, if Sam Winchester had sex with someone, ultimately she died. Yeah, Almost Dean had always. sex and nothing but ever it, happened. Yeah, yeah. but I Poor think they Sam. were. I just, I don't, I think they were playing with the idea of like Sam has this curse around him, but it's yeah. like that was a common thing throughout like the first few seasons where it's. I hated how it got Jessica the, got stuck yeah, on the ceiling. Like oh, that was obviously oh, very so much for. Uh, like the plot and being like, this is where That's we have to go from here. That's the inciting incident. That he can but like from then on, when it got to the point where we were like, oh, Sam's flirting with this girl. No, don't do it. Yeah, get she's away. Gonna die. She's like, gonna die. She's like, gonna get stabbed. She's gonna get caught on fire. Yeah. She's gonna be on the ceiling. Something. Yeah. yeah. Big I think. Surprise. Yeah. The problem arises. Or with, she's a like, demon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Gosh, it's gonna. Poor Sam. Poor Sam. Poor Sam. Um, <laughs> hugs for Sam. Hugs for Sam Winchester. <laughs> I, I want to start that foundation. <laughs> hugs for Sam Winchester. Yeah. I'm a Dean girl myself, so. Same though. I'm on season actually. like three so or four, so I'm getting there. But Okay, yeah. so you're in the midst of. I am in the midst every of. Time, every time the boys have sex, like, it's just. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Something and crazy happens. so annoying. I just, you'll, every you'll. time they see a woman, I'm like, run, run, Please, get away. But it was always, because I rewatched the the first few seasons not too long ago. And my roommate and I, we kept a count, like a tally count of during the first season. It's like episode per episode, how many times like Dean would get a kiss or something like from the the girl of the episode. And yeah. Dean would always get that. And Sam would be the one most of the time to like break out of that and have sex. But then he'd be, I mean, obviously not him. The girl would be the one punished yeah. for it. But it's like as a main character, he feels 
responsible or you know upset about that so it's like i don't know that's an interesting dichotomy between the two brothers yeah no definitely i poor poor sam and poor sam poor sam they've they've been through hell poor sam literally literally yeah Yeah. i was was about to say um literally on more than one occasion more than one occasion but uh it's supernatural is interesting too because it's taking all the things that we're scared of and just like we're gonna kill it it's, it's yeah we're good we're we took care of this but it is very much guilty of killing all the female characters i know i a... know it makes me so so sad because i love supernatural it's probably probably my favorite tv show maybe tied for my favorite tv show with sherlock because sherlock is really good um yeah but i i mean they're on season 12 right now and if you spend that much time watching a show you have to love it yeah at, at the end but like the way there just there have been so many really awesome female characters and they always end up dying and it makes me really sad that there aren't many like not even that they have to be series regulars kind of yeah. thing like cuz there are definitely especially now more recurring female characters but they're always adult female characters yeah or like you have uh Jody Mills who's an awesome recurring character yeah. currently um, in earlier seasons, you have Ellen and Joe mm-hmm. um, that are great recurring characters. But, like, you don't get that someone that's the same age as as the Winchesters mm-hmm. yeah. that sticks around. They're not going to last very long. Yeah. 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 We did. Have Every that, now and but... then you get one. You're like, yes, this character's awesome. And then they and just then, now, they um... take her away <laughs> from you. And it makes me really sad. Now, I haven't watched a lot of American Horror Story, but, like, just talking about this actually made me think of it because, you know, American Horror Story, horror is in the Is a horror story, yeah. So, like, you know, I I did notice, though, just from, you know, Tumblr and the internet and because the internet spoils everything, I noticed that a lot of times the female characters are killed or punished first before male characters. Um, Yeah. Didn't the dad in the first season of American Horror Story be the last one to die? Yeah. I've never watched any american horror story but all i know is that it's half violence half sex yeah right it's just hand in hand it's Mm -hmm. you have to have one you can't have just the other according to the american horror story formula and really horror story formulas in general Mm -hmm. it's very rare to have narratives that break out of that like even in like paranormal thrillers sometimes at some point there's still going to be like a sexual tension thing Mm -hmm. or they're going to take advantage of uh, a woman in like a sexual way like we have in the evil dead which uh the remake uh definitely not the funny one um (laughs) when um they go to a cabin in the woods oh Oh my gosh guys you probably shouldn't do that and you know release this ancient evil and then there's the famous scene of the girls out in the woods uh trying to get away from this uh unseeable ancient evil that's just like represented by the uh camera and then when you finally see it it's just like this knot of like roots and thorns and how that possesses her is in the most uh, terrible rapey way ever because mm-hmm. uh, she's wearing a skirt and yeah oh and so yeah that haunts me a little bit uh, that makes me not want to go to a cabin for yeah. a really long time so, I don't I mean some people love the mountains but to me I'll always take a beach like, yeah not yeah, a lot I've happens at beach, beaches so. like I, I'll take I'll take a a nice hotel on the beach over a cabin in the woods any day. If I want to yeah. die, where would I want to go? Let's go to a cabin in the woods. Yeah. So horror movies especially, uh, 
and even uh, American Horror Story, which I think its audience is, is pretty evenly split. Mm-hmm. Um, nowadays, I think that audiences in general are fairly evenly split depending on the genre but i think horror movies we all like horror movies here and we're mm-hmm. all girls mm-hmm. uh it's still very much catering to the male gaze oh yes and being yeah. like this this is what men want out of this this is how men supposedly view women i'm i don't want to blanket statement that but uh as filmmakers portray it at this point and doing so uh, usually takes advantage of women in really violent ways, like the tree rape scene in Evil Dead. Don't watch that movie. Don't mm-hmm. do it if you want to avoid that. Don't then, do um, it. Well, and then I just thought of another horror movie. Uh, speaking of sex, uh, have uh, either speaking of you of ever watched? <laughs> speaking of more sex, um, have ever have you guys ever watched The Orphan? No, no, I'm not. Okay. I know what it's about. Well, though, yeah. yeah. Quick synopsis: um, The Orphan is about uh, this family with like a deaf uh, little girl and like a regular like ten year old you know little boy, and um, she miscarried. They miscarried, so they decide to adopt. So they adopt this like foreign, like black haired, really tiny um, young girl that's you know uh, ten, and she comes and she just starts doing weird things and like just lying like about little details yeah. and just being generally creepy and basically it's um later on in the movie the mother finds out that this is actually a 40 year old woman with dwarfism that has been going around to different families trying to uh seduce the husbands and then eventually killing the family because that... she can't seduce the husbands oh that's an interesting and like interesting the, like, narrative this, this, this is the, like she legit looks like a little girl I mean, the actress is obviously a little like, girl. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, the actress, but like you know, in the movie, that's... it's it looks like a little girl with like pigtails and ribbons and that's everything. Disturbing. Yeah, that and is very much catering. To at one the male point, oh, she's yeah. she's on the couch and basically a lingerie made like dress she has, trying oh, to seduce no. the father after putting the mother in the hospital. Like it, and it it it's almost like that took sexy and just made it really really creepy because when yeah. you look at it it's it's it looks like a little girl it talks like a little well, it it talked mostly like a little girl most of the film and now it's, it's jarring. trying to have sex yeah. with the dad like, yeah it's disturbing it's so disturbing yeah. like that it that that market would take it that far for the male audience yeah yeah so uh, so that we can end on a higher note. <laughs> yeah. I'm so sorry. No, no, you're good. No, very good content. But so we can end on a higher note. Uh, I kind of wanted to get into movies that flip uh, the male gaze mm-hmm. a little bit and are definitely uh, scary, but more positive for women. So Carrie. Carrie is yes. the very thir- first thing that Stephen King ever wrote, and uh, he couldn't get it published for the longest time, and he actually threw it away at one point. Oh, no, the Stephen King, no. The for uh, <laughs> Carrie and his wife dug it out of the trash and mm-hmm. was like, try one more time, and that time he got it published, awesome. and then he became the Stephen King that we know. And then he became a literal god on a Earth. A literal god on Earth. <laughs> the god of horror. horror. <laughs> the god of horror, as we know him. Uh, so King. Carrie is this really interesting narrative in itself it's about this uh girl who's very much sheltered by her uh religious mother and makes her believe that you know everything that she does is sinful and you know anything relating vaguely to sex is very very sinful and you're gonna go to hell and she gets her period at school and doesn't know what it is because of course her mother has never yeah yeah. uh crazy and she's 
you know, traumatized by that. Uh, and the girls around her traumatize her because it's naturally happens in the locker room shower. And this is the 70s that this took place yeah. in. So mm-hmm. uh, much more plausible than. Yeah. Uh, although the remake does a good job of it, too. Mm-hmm. I like the remake. Um, so and eventually she starts developing these uh, telekinetic powers and she's able to do really crazy things with her mind um, and eventually uh, she gets bullied to the point where she takes revenge in the most horrific way possible in, you know, pretty much killing her entire class. Uh, Doesn't she set somebody on fire? She sets someone mm-hmm. on fire at Cause, some Because that's also part of her thing is that she uh, can set things on fire. Yeah, she's like... It's almost to like a like there's no limit to her power. It's mm-hmm. it's happening. Mm-hmm. Um and it's developed because, you know, she's finally hit puberty and it's hinted that there's other people like this kind of like at the end of the book. Mm-hmm. Um which was really interesting. But uh so Carrie is important because it's uh largely so this is Stephen King's own quote mm-hmm. which is amazing. So uh Carrie is largely about how women find their own channels of power, but also men's fear about women and women's sexuality. Uh, I like that. Carrie is an uneasy masculine shrinking from the future of female equality. Ooh. Right? Snaps for Stephen King. Snaps for Stephen King. You'd go, Stephen King. This is why we love you. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, so Carrie is just so important to me in so many ways because... First of all, it addresses something that, like, I think everyone likes to sweep under the rug, Mm -hmm. even in, like, the most practical situations. And, like, uh, people have periods, amazingly enough. (laughs) They happen. They happen. Sorry about it. Yeah, sorry. (laughs) For most people. Um, And then harnessing that in a way that's, like, this is how she gets her power versus Mm -hmm, this mm -hmm. is a terrible thing. Of course it's a terrible thing when it happens, but... If her narrative, if Carrie's narrative turned out a different way, then that would have been like the inciting incident in our uh, superhero story. This is how she, you know, got her superpowers. This is the spider bite for, yeah, it's her origin story. (laughs) And it's embracing her becoming a woman, like, you know, with with the stereotypical idea of, you know, in ancient worlds and, and, you know, other cultures that, oh, when you get your period, you become a woman. And even in our culture, you know, it's like, oh, well, you get your first period. (laughs) You're adult. You're an adult now. You're like, no, Um, I'm not. (laughs) No, I'm not. I'm 12. I'm 12. (laughs) Sometimes. Um, And it's, it's almost as if, you know, well, she has this period and she really becomes more of herself and learns to embrace that and instead of it being awful she's like you know i i enjoy this this is me Mm -hmm. and you know even though everyone else is like oh that's so awful she's like no it's not yeah (laughs) yeah carrie is such a powerful uh character uh carol j clover who's uh wrote that amazing men women and children men men, women and chainsaws rather (laughs) uh, article chainsaws (laughs) (laughs) just rolls off the tongue um she said that carrie is a hybrid victim hero whose dual role is enabled by the cultural reaction to feminism as something that creates fear in men and women who don't understand it and bestows power on the women who do i just Mm. really like that quote oh yeah it's like basically carrie is just like this embodiment of female power and a lot of people are like no bad not supposed to have that versus uh people who embrace it and that's Mm -hmm. really neat i just 
Carrie's such a good horror film. Mm-hmm. It is. Especially, so the remake I said I liked, definitely, but this uh, version from the 70s. Is so good. Is so good. Especially the very, very ending, which mm-hmm. uh, the remake did not utilize. Didn't the original the ending, remake. the original ending, um, didn't the house get pulled down into the ground? Yeah. yeah. Like the house that she and lived in there where was she a, endured there was... all her mother's tortures. Well, there was a sign that said, here lies, like, Carrie, that she went to hell or something. Um, and that's all I can remember from yeah, the very Yeah, like, ending. they called her, like, Scary Carrie. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I can't remember if she survived or at, not. Well, at the very, very ending, what happened was, uh, like, it's Susan Snell or whatever her name was. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Nell. I, I, I just remember Susan. Um, she is at the house, and, you know, that sign is out front. And she's looking down at it. And, you know, it's very much kind of a grave. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's, like, this huge, the biggest pause. You think that the movie's over and it's just, like, stuck on that frame. But then a hand pops up out of the ground. Ah, okay. I thought very, so. Very uh, zombie-like. Yeah. I just really like that ending. Mm-hmm. But uh, so a couple other horror films that I think really do it well in parroting, like, how horror films treat women... Uh, one of them is Jennifer's Body. I don't know if either of you have watched that. I've seen it. Seen parts of it. Well, yeah, and that's I've seen the parts one of it. where where Megan Fox is possessed by a demon, right? Yeah, yeah basically, yeah. Panic at the Disco. Yeah, um, new perspective. Yeah, is from um, that movie. Yeah, that's how I first he, heard about it. <laughs> well, they play the band that is like, we want to be rich and famous. Let's take this virgin and and sacrifice her, and she's obviously not a virgin. So you know she's it, Megan Fox, and because this is Megan Fox, <laughs> she's, and, she's um, in high school. Megan Fox is in high school. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, um, basically, they try to sacrifice the virgin, and then it goes wrong because she's not a virgin, and then she becomes demon. And um, her and her best friend like fight basically, and at the very end, the girl gets some of the demon powers. I think. Right? Yeah. 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 Uh, which is again really neat. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like. There's a line somewhere in Jennifer's body where, uh, like, Needy, the our main nerdy Virginia character, is like, "Jennifer, you're killing people," and she's like, "No, I'm not. I'm killing boys." <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> yeah. And I mean that that's her target. She's just you know seducing uh, people and being like, "Let's go to this abandoned house together." But oh my then, gosh. but then doesn't she end up trying to kill the boyfriend of like the needy the the virgin girl? Yeah, and then she, uh, uh, that's the point where she's like, "Okay, I gotta take care of you." <laughs> okay, well you gotta die now. You gotta die now. You're targeting my particular boy. <laughs> yeah, no, great movie. Highly recommend. Uh, it's it's not like super scary. It's mm-hmm. just again like the slasher, creepy. like creepy. Yeah, her Megan Fox being creepy. Uh, if you're into that, definitely watch. <laughs> if you're uh, into that. Yeah, um, but uh, just to wrap up here, what are what are you guys' uh, main recommendation for horror movies we should watch this Halloween season? Hmm. I don't. Uh, the boy is good, but then again, that's a paranormal horror, and I enjoy paranormal horrors. Uh, Sinister is very creepy. Um, so it, uh, its storyline is pretty good. I'm not sh- super into the sequel of Sinister. Um, and then, uh, I'm not sure of any classics. I would highly recommend watching Carrie if no yeah. one's watched Carrie. Both yeah, watching definitely. the original and the remake because remakes are pretty good and they're, you know, visually more appealing. Yeah, that but was the biggest thing, I think, is for that Carrie. The, the effects were better. Yeah, okay. I mean... 
even in the 70s, it was pretty good. But for what they were trying to achieve, you can definitely see that it's better reflected now than then. Also, Woman in Black is a good movie to watch. Yes. That has Daniel Radcliffe in it, right? Yeah, that was Daniel yeah. Radcliffe. Um, that was like one of his first, his first roles things post, after Potter. Uh, Potter. He immediately after Potter it, was there. like, you know what? I'm going to go into a horror. <laughs> yeah. I may watch that because I love Crimson Peak I love also. Some... Oh my gosh, Crimson Peak. I haven't seen that. And that has Tom Hiddleston. That's yes, it Tom does. Hiddleston. Yeah. Hugely amazing film. Yes. Also, Eva Green, who's my favorite uh, actress ever. Mm-hmm. So I can yeah. I can potentially add those. I don't know. I'm pretty booked for what yeah. movies I'm watching yeah, for the no, rest of the month. I'm so. done rattling off uh, yeah. horrors now. Uh, um, what about um, you, Sarah? My the f- my favorite movie that I've watched so far for the month of October has been Sleepy Hollow, the Ooh, Tim Burton. Yeah, with Johnny Johnny Depp, Depp Sleepy Hollow. Um, I love Johnny Depp is one of my favorite actors. I love Tim Burton. It's creepy. Uh, it mixes. Like Sherlockian mystery Ooh. with like the paranormal, the paranormal. Yeah. I love that. which is really cool. Um, so that's my favorite one that I've watched for this month. But probably my all-time favorite horror movie is Psycho. You can't go wrong with Psycho. Dang, I love way I back love there. Hitchcock. I think Hitchcock is genius. Um, and if you just want something that makes you like your skin crawl, mm-hmm. Psycho's it. It's the score is gorgeous. Uh, the film makes you feel really uneasy, and if you don't know like the major plot twist at the end, like go ahead and watch it because the first time I watched it, I knew about the plot twist at the end, and so like I like going into that, I wish I didn't know that. So yeah. if you know nothing about Psycho, freaking watch it because it's it's a good movie. Also, it's a never really good movie. never be afraid to explore uh, the horror trope because there are so many different like subgenres of horror. Yeah. Oh yeah. So you can get like we were talking about like Alien is technically mm-hmm. a subgenre of uh, yeah the sci-fi horror, horror. like you the sci-fi slashers, horror paranormal um, mm-hmm. and like the games that reflect that like Dead Space or oh uh, yeah oh. yeah you can. That I feel like sitting down and watching someone play through a horror game feels like sitting down and watching a horror film with like a really cool friend because oh, yeah. you're playing it with them. Amnesia is a great game to watch. Oh yeah, oh yeah, it is. Amnesia: The Dark Descent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've watched. I watched some of Markiplier's Let's Plays of that game. Uh, Markiplier. I love yeah. Mark. He does a lot of good uh, horror games. Mm-hmm. Also, so. Cryotic on YouTube does really yeah, well. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. He has lots of horror games. So, you uh, listeners, you have a lot of recommendations (laughs) to catch up on for this uh, super spoopy season. Um, I'm glad, Sarah, that you mentioned Psycho, and we've already talked about Cabin in the Woods, and those are two of the movies that are subject to our very first episode of Input 2, which you should check out here at ByteBSU.com or follow us on iTunes or on our SoundCloud at uh, Ball State Daily. Not daily like my name, but I have been your host, Daily Wilhelm, the Witch of the Wavelengths. Joining me today was the lovely Cora Wilson, your awesome druid of decibels, and the spoopy Sarah James. I don't have a nickname yet. I'll You're going to get there. It. I'll You're come spoopy up with it for the at next this point. It, it, so. took, <laughs> it took me a while to find mine. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's I'll a come up with it. internal search you got to do. But uh, thank you all for uh, joining me uh, for this super spooky conversation and have a very happy Halloween. <laughs>